Okay, now for our message today, it'll be brought to us by Mr. Barnabas Grayson, and it is entitled, One of Love's Many Facets is... Dot, dot, dot. saw that uh, water cup that I brought up so you might think well it's going to be a long one well good afternoon everyone <clears throat> it's good to see you again because I didn't know if I was going to make it this week because the allergies are starting to work on me a little bit and uh, I was had a little bit of a sore throat for a couple of days and it cleared up, and so here I am. Good to see you. You probably can figure out uh, how to finish the phrase there, one of love's many facets is, and you can write in whatever uh, you think that might be. Some of you will have a handout, and I may not have uh, printed enough of those, but I think if you need one, you can raise your hand, and, and Doyle can uh, give you one. Marcia over here needs one. <clears throat> in the book of Colossians chapter 1 Paul wrote to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ so we see that this letter this epistle that Paul wrote carries a lot of weight because the Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father is mentioned. Then in Colossians chapter 3, in this book, the Apostle Paul wrote these words to them. He said, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So we have a choice. We can set our affection on things above in heaven or we can set our affection on things that are on earth. And there are a lot of earthly things that we do not need to set our affection on. For you are dead, in verse 3, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So a coming time when we will glory because Christ will make his appearance and we shall be like him. And we shall be like him because we set our affection on things that are above. But in verse 5, it says to mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. That is, kill those deeds, that uncleanness, those inordinate affections, evil concupiscence and covetousness which is idolatry, those things. For which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them, but now you also put off all of these. So when you think about the uh, many facets of love, you see a lot of words that give us things to do and gives us things to avoid. In verse 8, 
But now you also put off all these. Anger and wrath is mentioned. That's, you know, having hostility and rage that sometimes in our life we may feel when somebody cuts us off in traffic. Also, malice. To put, that, put malice away from us. That's the desire to cause harm. And blasphemy, which is irreverent uh, talk. And filthy communications, which is disgusting and offensive talk. To put it out of our mouth. And in verse 9, it says, Lie not to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. So the old person, the old creature that we uh, were, is the old man that had deeds that we put off, that we knew to put off, because of the knowledge that God gave us about the things that are heavenly. And we have put on the new man, because, you know, we are changed from the time we uh, uh, first came into the church or came into the knowledge of God. We began to put on the new man. It's like putting on a, a, a new coat, you know, uh, one that you look at, you put it on, you look at the label, you look at how it fits, you look at its color. We put on Christ. In verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, but barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So as we look around at one another, we see that Christ is all in all. So, verse 12, put on therefore as the elect of God, we are the elect of God, chosen, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. So, basically, that's, this is what the message is about. This other aspect, this aspect of love, which is forgiveness. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13 that we've uh, looked, looked at, it is a chapter that defines what love is about. But in regard to forgiveness, there are various words in the Old Testament that, uh, that is translated forgiveness. But they mean essentially the same thing in the sense of removal of sin and also restoration of the relationship that was, that was damaged by sin. We know that sin is against God. And when we do something that is wrong in his sight, we sin against God and our relationship is tainted just as our relationship with somebody else in this world, a neighbor or a friend or a brother or a sister is tainted if we do something wrong. And sometimes we know that we have done some of these things that can cause one <clears throat> to become impatient and unkind. But it says in 1 Corinthians that charity or love suffers long and is kind. It is patient and is kind. So in our experience, perhaps we have had those times where this bond of perfection, that is love, 
has come undone in our relationships. I know uh, Carolyn wouldn't want me to talk about this, but it's not what you think, really. But I have this shoe. I have a favorite shoe that I, that I wear at the house. And the sole on the right foot uh, has come undone. So I got some glue, put it together, and thought, wow, this is going to last. <laughs> and before I know it, uh, uh, it comes apart again. Uh, and I'm out in the garden, and I'm getting dirt uh, in my feet. And I was wearing them. I guess I look pitiful. And Carolyn said, you know you can get some new shoes. So we went shoe shopping yesterday, but I did, still didn't get any. I love the old pair, and I'm going to glue it again. So, But in her, in her way, charity, love, suffers long. She's patient. She's kind and all that. And uh, whereas she could have just berated me and fussed at me and done all those. But, you know, uh, wrongs can happen at times in our life. It's not supposed to. But it can happen when our attitude is not on things above and when our hearts and our minds go astray. So whether it is about something done to us or something that we've done to someone else, the matter of forgiveness becomes something to think about. And the best that can happen is that we say, I'm sorry, and there is forgiveness. Because sometimes we cause offense and uh, and. If we don't say we're sorry, it's going to sit in our mind. Or if somebody doesn't say they're sorry to us, it may sit in our mind. But if one does not forget and forget, it causes bitterness as a root that will grow. And, you know, a lot of offenses depend upon the size of the offense. And I think we are all here because of forgiveness of sins. And we have the love and forgiveness of God. In Isaiah 43, 25, it says, I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. So our past life, our sins of the old man are blotted out because of God's love. And God chooses not to remember them. Although at times we may think about, oh, I've done this thing. And, and it's just something sometimes that just won't uh, leave our, our, our thinking. And God chooses not to remember them because it is the blood of Christ who, uh, who, whose blood covers them. But in the meantime, we slip up. But we have the assurance of the loving kindness uh, and mercy of God as a constant. Just as a parent has love and patience toward their children. In Psalm 103, it says in verse 13, Like as a father pities his children, so he pities them that fear him. Because he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And that we have these mortal tendencies in, in our life. Go to first John. In first John three, verse one, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. You know, something to think about. What manner of love the Father has bestowed 
upon us. Now we come from many uh, different situations, different circumstances, different sins in our life. And to think about what manner of love God has uh, bestowed upon us. That we should be called now the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth, knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. So to sin is to transgress, that is, go beyond the limits of the law and to, to step across uh, those limits of the law. But what law is this talking about? Over in John, 1 John 5, 17, it says that all unrighteousness is sin. And what is the opposite of unrighteousness? It is righteousness. And in Psalms 119, 172, it says, My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. As we have <clears throat> been shown in the uh, past three lessons that uh, always touches upon love, we know that the scripture says that you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself, and that on these two things hang all the law and the prophets. So we know that love toward God is the greatest commandment, and the second is like unto it, having love toward neighbor as thyself. Love is a spiritual concept. It's a feeling like perhaps romantic love. It's not always concrete. And I like the, uh, the uh, uh, statement that was made in, uh, during the Bible study that love is an umbrella term. I heard, I heard that expressed. So there was a movie a long time ago, and I know most of you have seen it back in the 70s. But I did, I think. Carolyn and I, uh, this movie, there was this catchphrase that said, love is never having to say you're sorry. You don't remember that, do you? I didn't think so. Love is never having to say you're sorry. So, love is like trying to describe the wind. We feel it, and it touches us, and it gives us a good feeling. That's what love does. We have love for our children. We have love for our grandchildren. We love, have love for our family. We have love for each other. We even have a kind of love for our pets or animals, even perhaps a toy stuffy that our children like or that, or that we used to uh, like in our own life. For me, of course, love is defined, as I, as I heard in 1 Corinthians 13. And all of those characteristics taken one by one, defines the various aspects of love. And it's spread out, not in a single statement or two, but it's spread throughout the Bible. 
when we <clears throat> are the recipient of love, for example, kindness, uh, it humbles us. It makes us thankful, and it builds a relationship that sometimes takes a lifetime to come to understand. Some of the tiniest acts that somebody might do uh, in, in our regard. For example, I use the example of, of one of my uh, grandsons. Uh, he, he's, he comes every once in a while here. But uh, one day he uh, made me a, uh, without me asking or anything, he went over to this mixer and he made me one of those, uh, it's got a lot of fruit and stuff in it. I don't know what you call it, it's kind of thick. And he, he handed it to me. And that really touched me. That really humbled me. It was an act of kindness that he had done on his own. And a, and a love that he wanted to do it, even though he may not have been able to explain that feeling. So we look at the word of God and his commandments, and we know that they are law. We know to love God. We know to love neighbor. And the part of the law where uh, the Apostle Paul said, he pointed out which law was being talked about in Romans 7, 7. And he wasn't talking about ritual laws, those physical laws like circumcision. But he was, uh, things like that. He was saying that I had not known sin, but by the law, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. So he was referring to this law as being a part of the Ten Commandments. And as Jesus said, and we heard mentioned that uh, he said, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, are we perfect? Are we perfect? Romans 3.10 tells us, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. And on down in verse 22 of Romans 3, it says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when we do, we are in need of forgiveness. We need his forgiveness. And when we seek it, when we seek his forgiveness, we acknowledge that we have sinned, that we have sins, and we confess them, and he is just to forgive them. In John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 9, Verse 3, I'll start with verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message that we have heard. This is the message that has brought us together as a church, and wherever uh, uh, there are others who believe as we do, who believe in God and his forgiveness and in his love, that it brings a certain joy knowing that God is on our side. This is a message that we declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him but walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, we know God is ready to forgive. We also know that forgiveness is, forgiveness is conditional. In Psalm 86, 5, it says, For thou, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon him. So forgiveness is going to involve prayer. It's going to involve uh, uh, going to God with Jesus at his right hand who gave his life for each and every one of us. We have many examples of uh, prayer made throughout the Bible. In Exodus 32, we have this prayer of Moses for forgiveness. I'm not going to read uh, those scriptures that I wrote down, but because uh, I have uh, from 30 to 35. Uh, but basically, uh, Moses, in verse 31, returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of old. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray you out of your book which you have written. So when sin happens, and when it happens even as a group, then prayer it needs to be involved. We, in 1 Kings 8, we read about uh, King Solomon uh, when he went... Uh, at the temple. He, he said in verse 36. Then hear you in heaven. And forgive the sin of your servants. And of your people Israel. That you teach them the good way. Wherein they should walk. And give rain upon the land. Which you have given. To the people for an inheritance. In Psalm 32. As David did. We also in our prayer. Could say. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. And my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. See law. Think about that. And in Psalm 51. Verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. So it is a prayer that we can make to God when we feel when we have trespassed. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And against thee only have I sinned and done evil, this evil in thy sight that you might be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. So as we read in 1 John chapter uh, 1 earlier, we are cleansed. Remember in Matthew chapter 6 in the Lord's Prayer, there's a part in the prayer where we are to ask God to forgive our debts as we forgive others. So, so we go to God in prayer. 
whenever we have transgressed because we know that God wants to know that we acknowledge our sins and that we have a heart to change. God promises forgiveness. 1 John 1, as I read earlier, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Second, Corinthians, uh, Second Chronicles 7, <clears throat> there are four things here in this one scripture. Second Chronicles 7. If my people which are called by my name, one, shall humble themselves, two, and pray, three, and seek my face, and four, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So one of the facets, like a beautiful diamond that is cut, into many facets. You can look at love and see that among them is forgiveness. Isaiah 55 says in verse 7, says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. In Jesus we know <clears throat> that there is forgiveness. Luke 24, it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his honor, in his name, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And that's where the gospel, the good news, uh, started. In Acts 5.31, we read where the disciples were brought before the council and the high priest asked them, he said, uh, saying, didn't we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hung on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. In Colossians chapter 1, so we can do this. We can give thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us carried us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption, redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I know that sometimes, you know, uh, if we were to compare uh, whose pile of sins is bigger than the other, you know, some of them may have a little bit of mound. Some of us may have one as tall as a haystack. When much is forgiven, then that love is a little bit stronger. Nevertheless, we know that God forgives all sin. And it doesn't matter really the size. 
<coughs> we are to be, uh, be of a forgiving nature. And Matthew 6 tells us that if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So we mustn't carry any grudge before God and to forgive and to forget. In Mark 11, it says, verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, for if you have aught against your uh, any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So God's loving kindness, he forgives. And also to be like him, to set our affection on uh, things above, we also have loving kindness enough to forgive. In Luke 17, verse 1, then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. So take heed to yourselves, it says. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. But we cannot stand before God if we have unforgiveness in our heart. And if we forgive ourselves, and we can also forgive ourselves because we also have forgiveness. Thomas uh, Fuller, who was a 16th century uh, clergyman and a writer, he once said, he that cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he must pass himself. For every man... Every man, every person has need to be forgiven. In Ephesians 4, I'm not going to read all of this, but there are some other words in here that can express that love of forgiveness. Verse 22, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, according to deceitful lusts, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24, put on the new man. Verse 25, put away lying. Every man truth with his neighbor. Verse 26, be you angry but sin not. Verse 27, neither give place to the devil. You know, we've often heard that you know, Satan walks about as a uh, roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he will go after the weakest one and the, the one that is falling down the wrong path, not, uh, not sticking close to the herd, and he will pounce on it. Let him that stole steal no more. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption because the Holy Spirit is in us and it's not going to pull us by the arm or bend our arm backward and tell us the way that we should go but it is in our heart 
that tells us the way we should go. But if we grieve the Holy Spirit, we reject that notion, that, that right way, that path that should be in our mind. And in verse 32, And be you kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Sometimes we may doubt our forgiveness, but we are to have confidence toward God. First John 3, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. You know, that is in, in action and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us not, for, for our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. So <clears throat> we're not to let feelings of doubt because God knows our hearts. He knows what we need forgiveness of. And even though it may not be expressed at, at that point, God knows all things. And so we can have this confidence toward God. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God, and that is in his forgiveness through the blood, shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In James chapter 1, we know the essence of that, uh, of that book where it says, to be doers of the word. Finally, in 1 John 4, it says, <clears throat> but, you know, we are of God. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. Their affection is not set, you know, on things above, but is set on things below, on the earthly, on the way human nature is as close, you know, to the dust of the earth as one can get. But verse 6, we are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And every one that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also, we ought also to love one another. So love has many aspects, one of which is forgiveness.